Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. I did not work out, but for me, running back and forth five times is the same thing. Uh, <laughs> so, so no, um, I just thought I thought I had everything right for the first time, and then I was like, oh, I sat down with Campy, and then I didn't have AirPods. I'm like, oh shit! And Campy's like, yeah, Jason, hey, some people don't have their headphones. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna run in my car where I think they are. And I go, I go to my car, I check my armrest, and they aren't there. So I come back in the house. And I'm like, okay, well, what did I have on yesterday? Because they must still be in the pockets of whatever that was. But um, also because I was uncharacteristically doing the right thing, I had already put my clothes away in the hamper and in my closet. And so they weren't there either. And so uh, it dawned on me that they had perhaps fallen out of my shallow shorts pockets and they were still in my car. So I had to go to my car again. And there they were under my seat. So having run. Yeah, me too. Having run outside twice um, is is enough for a fat guy like me to get a little winded. So I'll catch my breath here in a bit. All right. Well, you're here. You you have good Wi-Fi. I know. Dig how that. Many appear- how many appearances have you had on our show, Herb, that were canceled because of your Wi-Fi? Is it two or one? Well, however many times I've ever been on here, I've had bad Wi-Fi. So I think one got canceled, another got like stopped midway, and then all the others we kind of just fought through. So um, finally, um, a couple of visits from from Xfinity technicians, and I think I have reliable Wi-Fi now. Okay, good. I'm glad. We got that squared away. You're back. Well, well, you know. I was nervous ever <laughs> since I got AirPods. I I got them. Someone got them for me. I didn't buy them. Um, a company I was working for got them for me, and they were like two hundred bucks, which is to me significant money. Like, if I had an expense come up right now unexpectedly for two hundred dollars, that would be like inconvenient. Very inconvenient. Yeah, it would it would mean there's got to be a cut somewhere else to make that work. I'm not one of these rich newspaper writers you always hear about. <laughs> Actually, I haven't heard but about those. I was those super guys. nervous because it's like, like I didn't have to pay for these, thankfully. And I probably wouldn't have bought them if I did have to. I wouldn't have spent on a, a luxury item like that. Although now that I've had them, now that I've had the uh, AirPods and I have the noise canceling ones. I, I don't consider it a luxury anymore. Now it's like if I lost these, I would have to buy new ones. It's a because necessity. Like once you have them, like, it's a necessity. 
It's like having a light switch for noise. Like someone's annoying you and you don't even have to confront them or move. You can just click, turn it off. It's incredible. It's probably our greatest human advancement since fire. But I've been very worried about losing them because then I'd be out the 200 bucks that I would have to spend on a replacement. It's really weird. Like to replace one of these things is like $100. Just one earbud is $100 each. So if like, if I only lost my left one, I could replace it for a hundred bucks. Or if I lost the case, I could replace it for a hundred bucks. So somehow it cost at the time. Now, I don't know what they are now with inflation at the time, it cost 200 bucks for the whole thing. But if you had to replace each of the three parts individually, it'd be like 300. So I don't really get how that works. But anytime I lose bundle price, anytime I lose these things, man, I'm nervous. It's so nerve wracking. If the AirPods are not where I thought they were or where I left them. So I you always think they're like, gone forever. I no, there would be this total panic for me. Have you ever dropped them out of the case? Yeah. Where they just fall and, I, and then they just explode everywhere. Yes. In fact, it happened to me in the Soldier Field press box Sunday. And uh, immediately you're like, did I break the case? And you're like, don't move. Do not move at all. Like, pretend like there's a nobody move, nobody ground. get hurt. Yes. Don't. <laughs> Don't roll this chair. Don't step. Don't anything. Don't let anyone around you move. Because all I need is like Mark Potash or Patrick Finley rolling back in their chair and then crunch. And you'd hear it and you know that's exactly what it was. But I've never seen anything bounce the way these AirPods do when they hit the floor. They remind me of, remember like Jack in the Balls where you had the little Jack things and then you had that little rubber yeah. ball that you play with it? That bouncy yeah, ball that called- the, the, the bo- I think it's just called Jacks, not Jack and the Balls. It's not Jack and Balls. Oh, I, I like think Jack you're mixing up better. the game Jacks. That's a different and, tab. And the Jack in the Box. <laughs> <laughs> and you're coming oh, up with so Jack it's just Jacks. I don't think that's. Mm-hmm. I think it's just called Jacks. I don't think. I don't think like you know kids are on the schoolyard playing Jack in the Balls. I think it's called Jacks. Okay, well that's super dense ball that goes with Jacks that bounces. Mm-hmm. ridiculously far and high. That's the only thing I've ever seen bounce similarly to AirPods when they hit the floor. It's like <laughs> you drop them right here and I swear they'll end up in like the living room somewhere. It's like, how is that even possible? Now, when mm. you're you're walking like in the city with AirPods, this I don't have AirPods, but I've, I will not do any noise canceling when I'm like walking around, having to cross streets, do any of that. Is that just me being paranoid or is that actually like something you guys think about with those? I think that's prudent. I think that's smart. I think that's a very responsible thing to not walk around choosing not to hear things. Um, and and so, yeah, if you aren't used to not being able to hear, choosing not to hear as you as you just kind of roam about the city is not wise. Or anywhere. Thousand percent agree. Like I live in the suburbs and when I walk my dog, I do not have the noise canceling on because I need I need to hear if somebody's, you know, uh, honking at me or. I, just, I need to be alert that there's a car coming behind me that might be like turning into his driveway or something. And if I'm in the city, same thing. You know, I'm, I'm very selective about when I use the noise canceling, Kippy. That is a great question by you because I use it when I need, I use it when I'm working, mm-hmm. when I'm yeah. writing, because I, I need it quiet. And I'll usually put like some instrumental music through there, through the phone. So then I really can't hear any outside noise. And I can work in that, man. I can work in anything. I can work in the middle of, you know, Cirque du Soleil if I have to. But now that I have this option not to, 
fantastic. Changes things. I'm happy to turn them off. And then the other time I, I always use the noise canceling is on flights because the yes. plane just has this low level of underlying noise that makes it kind of hard to hear, at least for me with regular headphones. But if you go noise canceling, then it's like perfect. You can hear everything. But other than that, you're right. Like if I'm out and about, I do not want the noise canceling on. If I use these things in the car, I absolutely do not use the noise canceling. That feels super dangerous to me. And I cannot use the noise canceling anytime when I'm talking. So like when I'm on here and I have the AirPods, mm. I, I kind of need to know like what my voice sounds like and what the volume of it is. Same thing if I use them when I go on radio or anything like that. I put them on on the flight regardless. Like I put them on just to discourage people from speaking to me. Like I don't hear you. No. That I'm sucks. listening to something and you're, you should really stop like talking depriving, to me. You're depriving the world of getting to meet someone that they would like. That's really not very nice of you. Yeah, there's a time and place for everything, and this flight just isn't that time or space. Now, if we, if you had called me at the airport bar right before we got on this plane, we could have been best buds. But once we step foot on the plane, I would really like for you to, to keep it to yourself. I also have done that. I was doing that for a while where I would put pre-AirPods. This is before they existed, I think. I would put, like, the little corded headphones. Like, I, I had to use them last week, Rick, because my uh, I hadn't char properly charged my AirPods. But I would have them in, and the part you'd plug in would just be like plugged into a highlighter or something, like, <laughs> or just in my pocket. Yeah, it's like tucked into a hoodie pocket or something, because that's where your Walkman would be. <laughs> a <laughs> Walkman. Like there, there have been there were many times though, and I I mostly have stopped doing that like as a deterrent. Sometimes I'm I, if you see me now at the airport and I have them in, it's because I want to listen to something or I'm working. It's not just as a scarecrow to try to keep people away. But there was a time where it was like, I felt like God was really leading me to like be available to people, even though even people I don't know, that people that okay. try to talk to you at the airport that don't know you and are on the plane that don't know you, like they clearly have some kind of need as a person. And you take yourself out of the picture of meeting that need for them. And the situations that I would get into were unbelievable. Like the conversations I would get into. I'm talking like, I don't even know how this happened, but the woman at Starbucks at the Charlotte airport, I, re I remember this clearly. I don't know how we got there, but my getting, ordering and receiving my drink ended with her seeking my advice on whether she should get married to her boyfriend. Really? I can't tell you how many of these conversations when I've like intentionally tried to make myself available to people, how serious it gets how fast like some guy on a flight to Phoenix was showing me pictures on his phone of his kids in a vacation they went on and then started telling me about some of the problems that he has with his kids and like how much stress it's causing him. Uh, I've had multiple people cry during these conversations and you realize like I am only going to be around this person for so long. I'm never going to see this person again, most likely. I'm sure there are stories of sometimes these become lifelong friendships or something. It's probably not going to happen. It's very unlikely. But this person needs you at this time. And I'm not saying that to say, like, what oh, a good, good person I am. I am saying, like, it's amazing what you will get into with people when you think like that. No, that's good on you for, for feeling 
that command from God and then following through on it to the point where you've actually had these in-depth conversations. I feel like you should have their information so you can follow up on just how awesome that marriage is going and also what it saved both of them from like and how you've counseled this guy into back into becoming a good father and steering his ch children out of rehab and or prison like you. That's good stuff, man. I'm serious. That's good stuff. I believe in God and I believe that God moves in ways that are different than what you read in the Bible. Um, nowadays, mm -hmm. like I don't, I've not heard anything recently about a burning bush or like a parting sea. I, I don't doubt that that could happen, but I believe that God works, operates in people's lives a little bit differently now. And there are times where I am very like willing and enthusiastic to do something I feel like I'm led to do. And there are definitely times where I'm not. There are definitely times where it's mm -hmm. like, all right, all right, man, I'm going to do it. And I remember like that was one of those times with the, the woman at the uh, at the Charlotte airport, the Starbucks barista asking me, asking my opinion at the end of this four minute conversation, whether I thought she should get married to her boyfriend. I remember walking away being like, good one, God, that was pretty funny. Do you remember the advice that you gave? I'm sure that it was very careful because I would not have told someone after a four minute conversation to get married or not get married. I probably, if one of those things, like if you ask me and I don't know the answer, I can direct you where to find it. Something like that, like a customer service would, person would put you. <laughs> there was another one that like, I was, in the, I was in the gate area and it was one of those days where I felt like this is really what I was being called to do that day. And I saw this guy in the waiting area and he was clearly with his family and he was crying the whole time. Adult man. Like probably young, probably like twenty to twenty-five, crying. And I'm like, wow. oh man, this is what this is what this is today, huh? God, this is really all right. Yeah, that's today's assignment. And Get to it. It's like I ended up. I don't even remember how it worked out, but this is like back when I was covering the NBA, so I traveled a lot and got upgrades, and I was sitting in first class most of the time. And I remember like I gave up my first class ticket to trade seat. That's how compelled I felt that this was being put in front of me. I swapped that. I offered that to whoever was sitting next to him so I could sit next to the guy and talk to him on the flight and kind of like be available as a person. And I, that was a long time ago. When I tell these stories, that's probably like 10 years ago. And as I'm hearing myself tell it, I'm like, I need to get back to more of that. Probably. That is really good stuff, man. I really, I really wish I had the follow-ups on those things. I wish we could talk to those people. Cause I bet you that guy would be like, I was thinking about running into the cockpit and ending this for all of us. Are you? <laughs> wow. All right. Man, you took that pretty crazy. Okay. Did you see this? There's a story out right now. There's a guy who just got charged with 83 counts of attempted murder because on a plane, I think they were going from like Seattle to San Francisco or something. Mm -hmm. And it was he's an off-duty pilot. Yeah, he's an off-duty pilot sitting in the jump seat. And this particular jump seat happened to actually be up there with the pilot and co-pilot. And he gets up in the middle of this flight and tries to shut off the engine. Instantly had, killing had, 83 people. Fortunate. He had like a mental breakdown slash psychotic episode. Clearly. But fortunately, fortunately, the the actual pilot, like the active pilot, handled it. Those guys are amazing, man. Like those guys will. I always use this as a metaphor in like negotiation or when I'm teaching my kids to work through something. Like I always will tell I always will tell them or someone else. Just land the plane. Just like get this argument down to the ground, resolved. 
if you're ever in negotiation, as soon as you get what you want, just land the plane. Do not keep rehashing old stuff. Just <laughs> once you once you've got it, you know, like like this will happen with uh, you know customer service or something on the airlines or the hotels or whatever, and they'll be like, well. We'll make a one-time exception, and then they'll lecture you. And it's like, what, we're already got where I needed to go. So we'll just land the plane. I'm not going to keep arguing with you. This is what I say in my head. The pilots actually land the plane. They will land the plane no matter what happens. Those guys are amazing. And you, you have to have a 100% success rate. 100% yes. Yes. success rate as a pilot. So whether there's weather, whether there's birds, whether there's an engine problem, whether someone is having a psychotic episode, and trying to take the plane down, your job is to land the plane. And that guy, that pilot did it, that Alaska air pilot, man, that's quite a thing to, to encounter. Like of all the things you could, you could plan for. And I don't think that's in like mentally kind of run through in your mind before you get there and be prepared for what would I do in this situation? I, I that's not on the list. Hats off to that guy. Man. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Seriously. Let's start the show. Welcome to Sports Jason. I'm Jason Leisure. I got my co-host Herb Howard in, subbing in for Russ. Russ is on World people. Series duty. And I've not watched much of the baseball playoffs, but I do know that it's uh, it's the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers. And I watched, I got to watch Game 7 uh, Tuesday night in the National League Series. Very, very fun. Very fun to watch. And that wasn't, that was like, what was it, 4-2 to two or 5-2? to two? But it was tense all the way to the end. I love playoff baseball like that wow it's gotten so crazy because like just i haven't watched a single full game of this of this mlb postseason but i hear the like clips and i see the things and it's like it sounds like it's in a really been an amazing postseason but i still haven't been able to get into it and watch the game like i heard the i heard the phillies were on this crazy run and bryce harper was going like all legend and i still didn't get into it like i didn't even know that the phillies didn't win until you just said that the diamondbacks were in the World Series because everything I've been hearing, I thought the Phillies were just taking care of business and apparently not. And I know that the I know the Strolls were up three two, and I guess they lost six and seven. Mm, unfortunate. This is where you get your news days later off the Sports yes. Jason podcast. Just like my mom. That's how my mom gets most of her sports news too, I think. <laughs> and we got our producer Rick Camp in for an extended stay with us. Rick Camp in for Probably about two months while Tony Gill is on leave. Rick, are you bothered that I'm wearing my Everybody Loves Tony Gill shirt today? Does that make you feel? No, right? it takes more than that to make me feel inadequate. If someone's going to make me feel inadequate, it's going to be me. There you go. That's the spirit, Rick. <laughs> there you go. That is, that's living. Once, uh, once Tony has the baby and everything's good, then I'll just like do like what the fans do, like what they did with all the Mitch Trubisky jerseys. They put a piece of tape over Trubisky that said Claypool, and now they'll put it over. The, it'll say practice squad wide receiver number three or something. I'll get I'll get a piece of like masking tape and put instead of everybody loves Tony Gallows, put Rick. <laughs> I don't even need a last name. They'll know. They'll know who I mean. I thought you were going to say you're going to put the baby's first name over Tony and. <laughs> And the best part too. is Tony would be offended by that. Uh, he'd be offended. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, the <laughs> the baby, I'm sure, is has arrived by the time this episode comes out and will have moved, uh, be like the latest to move ahead of Tony Gill and my Gill family rankings. Like he has two brothers and a sister and his parents 
and his wife and his nephew, Ja. Tony's coming in somewhere around number seven or eight in that in those rankings for me. That's the rest wild. of the family is fantastic. Keeps, keeps falling. He just keeps falling. Yep. Every time you meet another member of the family, he drops a rank. <laughs> yeah. His cousin, Guy. Yeah. Sports Adjacent is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. That's our link for our listeners. And if you use that link, you will automatically get a 23% discount added to your cart. No promo code needed. Just go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. You can get the flannels, the eucalyptus cotton hybrid, but uh, you can get the pillow too. But like the main thing you should be thinking about right now is when you get this episode, it'll still be October, right? Can't be yet. It'll be yeah. late October. And I know you got Christmas and other holidays coming up at the end of the year. Like my family, we got birthdays in that part of the year that we got to tend to. This is an awesome gift. Find out what size bed your person that you're buying a gift for has. Office party, family, whatever. And just you know, Find some sly way to do it. I'm sure you could figure that out. And get them some sheets and giggles. Get them the sheet set. They are going to absolutely love it. It's the most comfortable set of sheets I've ever slept on. And they look great too. And go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA to get the discount. You'll be out in front and saving money. That's going to be really good for you. Sports Jason is also brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to betmgm.com or download the BetMGM app and get this offer. Your first bet gets paid back and free betting credits up to $1,500 if you don't win. All you have to do is use our promo code adjacent1000. Uh, you can bet on college football, pro football, NBA is underway now. Hockey is underway. You can bet futures over there at BetMGM. Just use promo code adjacent1000 and your first bet will be paid back up to $1,500 in free future betting credits if you don't win. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. One of the things I'm dealing with in my house lately is that my kids, my daughters are 12 and 9. And while that is technically not teenagers, it really kind of checks out with everything I hear people say about raising teenagers. And there's some like, you know, higher and lower level stressors with that. And I guess while this one is annoying the daylights out of me, I would have to admit it's a low level stressor. I can't go another day, Campy, Mm -hmm. listening to kids singing Taylor Swift songs poorly around my house. Now singing poorly in terms of. The words in terms they're of they're trying notes. hard. They're kids. They're trying hard. They're kids. They're trying but, hard. Um, 
I don't want to listen to those songs yeah. sung well most of the time. <laughs> do you not? Do you non-plement them? Do like? Do you say that's nah. a song and you're singing it? No, <laughs> no. I don't think my kids could take that, and I have to make sure they never hear this episode. They're actually both like pretty good at singing, probably for their age. I don't know. I'm not a musical person. I don't. I don't know. But um, I've heard more than enough of it, and I don't know how to stop it without being like the stereotypical dad who's like, turn that dumb music off. You know, your music's terrible. You should have heard, sure heard how they made music back in my day. That is definitely how I know that I am old now. Just the way I feel about new music and the new artists. And I feel like I sound like all of the old heads that when I was growing up, like y'all listen to that skibbity boom bop bap and that ain't real yeah. music. And that's exactly how I feel listening to these new songs now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all the all my thoughts on it are like that's crap, and turn that down. It's too loud. I'm like, oh. So how long ago did you guys tap out on new music? Because I know for me it was within the last probably like three years or so, where I'm just like, unless it's yeah. something that is so specifically up my alley, I'm probably not even gonna bother. No, I, I haven't discovered a I new have... artist that I like since like a little baby. And that's and, and he's an like. outlier. I just happen to like him. Yeah. But the new artist that I like, I haven't like I most of the time I get in my car, I'm still playing like Jay-Z, Jada Kiss, 90s RB, like that kind of stuff. Like, no. <laughs> I am still, I feel like I still hear all the new young people music because part of my day every day is in a uh, rich young guy circle where you're in the locker room at house hall or you're on the practice field and they're playing what rich 20 somethings listen to. So I feel like I'm still hearing a lot of it, but I am getting to the point at 39 where I'm kind of stuck in my ways and just kind of only don't really latch on to anything that I don't already like. No, I don't like it. And I and and even worse now in the locker room when when I hear it because uh Bears defensive end DeMarcus Walker has this unique speaker that he plays in the locker room and it sounds amazing no matter what he's playing. The 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 sound of it of the speaker is amazing. So I'm like, "Yo, what kind of speaker is that?" And he says, "It's a $4,000 speaker." And I said, "Okay, then I don't <laughs> need to know the brand or anything else about it because yeah. it yeah, doesn't concern no me anymore." <laughs> Right. So, so I'll check back with you on the brand name if I win the lottery. So, is there anything that when they're at practice that you'll hear like on the playlist and you're like, oh, that made the cut? Like, I know that. I'm a little surprised that made the cut. Anything old, like anything that feels like it was something I would have listened to when I was that age or younger. Yeah. Sometimes they play some of the older stuff and I'm like, okay, that's a vibe. But then sometimes you can tell they just went up to like, one of these young dudes like yo what do y'all want to hear today and play that and it's like okay i don't like i don't know any of that and it doesn't particularly sound good but they have a they have a team dj um dj jay illa who i'm a huge fan of so when he has a playlist and he jay is like i don't know like he like 41 or something like that right so he has a more um mature ear so when he put when they have his playlist i can always tell like that's jay's playlist versus they, they allowed Tyler Scott to 
pick what we're going to hear today. <laughs> am I am I correct that uh, through your interactions with some of the Bears players, you have they have turned you on to country music? That is 100 percent true. Shout out to Tristan Ebner, who is no longer a bear, um, but he turned me on to a lot of country music. I've had a country music playlist before I met him, but it was like four or five songs. Like it was like live like you were dying and like uh, like I'm going home. That was like all I knew. And then Tristan Ebner's like, no, you got to listen to Chris Stapleton. I'm like, who is Chris Stapleton? And he's like, just listen to him. I was like, OK, well, what should I listen to? Like, give me a couple songs. And he was like, well, he gave me like three or four songs. And it was like Tennessee whiskey. And it was you, know, you should probably leave. And I listened to it all the way from from Hallis Hall back to my crib. And it was like, oh, shit. Chris Stapleton is dope. Like, yeah. So now I got <laughs> I got a few Chris Stapleton songs on my playlist. So so I will always be grateful to to Tristan Ebner for, for putting me on to 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 some some uh, some good country music. I don't think I really ran into country music until I lived in the South, until I went to uh, New Orleans is not exactly like, you know, your typical part of the South. But I met, met and married a girl who's from more like the rural part of Louisiana. And that's definitely country music wheelhouse right there. Um, but it was like a foreign language to me. And then I'm like, OK, most of these songs seem to be about. Uh, drinking beer and trucks and dogs and like it seems pretty good okay all right i can see why people really it's very normal it's very relatable um i wanted to get to this somehow today and we just led right into it i'm sitting there like how can i how can i inquire with herb howard about his country music interest and get him to read some country music lyrics I'm like how can how can I get it there? I feel like I can get it there, and then it just it was handed to me on a silver platter. Let's do a reading segment right now with Herb Howard. I want Herb Howard to read us a song. And now, Herb Howard reads. I have song lyrics for you guys. Now is this? I picked this song for you, but do you know this one? Was this one you'd heard before? I do not know this one, but. Rain is a good thing. At least so believes Luke Bryan. Ain't nothing like a kiss out back in the barn, wringing out our soaking clothes, riding out a thunderstorm. When the tin roof gets to talking, that's the best love we make. Yeah, where I come from, rain is a good thing. Rain makes corn and corn makes whiskey. Whiskey makes my baby feel a little frisky. Back roads are bogging up. My buddies pile up in my truck. We hunt our honeys down. We take them in the town. Star washing all worries down the drain. Rain is a good thing. That was fantastic. You're so much better at this than Tony. I don't mind saying that. You read that like you were at a poetry slam, like an old school like poetry night at a at a at a bar or a coffee house or something <laughs> that's how that's how all the country songs feel they feel like poetry they tell this story they're all similar like you were saying earlier they're all going to involve you know some type of love or heartbreak they're going to involve whiskey they're going to involve a pickup truck but they're good stories good stories with, with with nice lyrics so once in seventh grade i had to write a poem just 
couldn't think of anything. So I was okay. like, here's what I'm going to do. Let me find the most obscure, relatively, uh, that I, Garth Brooks song that I can relate to. Let me take a verse <laughs> and let me turn that What do you mean that, that you can relate to? Like, let me find well, some deep I, that, that's from Garth Brooks that would also apply to my life as a seventh grader? No, but like that, that could maybe be plausible. Okay. That I could have maybe thought of. And it was one that it was like at some resort and some wolves got a person was like the, was the, the essence of this thing. So I'm like, yeah, I totally went to Colorado and witnessed this. And I got like an A on it. And the teacher like, but like a, with the circle must wow. have been a hell of an exp or must have been like, like a, some sort of experience or whatever. <laughs> you gotta say like that happened to me metaphorically. Like that's what I went through emotionally. Yeah, sure. Whatever. I, I emotionally got, got torn up by wolves <laughs> in, in Colorado. That was a good plagiarism confession there, and you got away with it too. I mean, statute of limitations. You know? Yeah, that's some good cheating right there, Rick Camp. There you go. You ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Bringing it back, I think this is your first time being part of this, Rick Camp. I like to play mm -hmm. Dear Herbie which is where I take actual submissions to Dear Abby, the advice column, but we put them to Herb because Herb gives great advice. Herb is a good friend of mine and he gives great advice. I have seen him give great advice to me and to other people. People are not always ready for the advice that Herb gets, gives them. <laughs> that is true. Let me throw one at you here, Herb. What we got? Dear Herbie. My husband loves cooking for the family. Unfortunately, he's a horrible cook. My kids hate what he prepares, so most of the food goes in the trash. I have had many conversations with him about this, begging him not to do it and telling him if he wants to cook, he should just make something for himself. His reply is always, I'm not forcing you guys to eat my food. You're welcome to eat something else. But when we do that, he sulks and ruins everyone's day. So we end up giving in. I don't know how to get through to him about this. Okay. That is a tough one. Like that is a, that's a really, really tough one. You got a clearly a stubborn dad and husband, but that's he's like also emotional, right? He's also emotional um, to where his feelings get hurt. When you guys go with the plan B, even though he is proposing you guys to go with plan B. Um, what do we do here? Hmm. I think we throw out the food pre-cook, like some important part of whatever it is he plans to cook. <laughs> we just throw it out. Like, oh, I don't know what happened to that. Like, you you forgot to like you were gonna make like chicken parmesan, and like, oh, we don't know what happened to the chicken. Like, I don't, mm -hmm. we don't know what happened to it. So you just throw it out. He's he's clearly fine with wasting money anyway because you guys don't want to eat this. So I'd say fine an ingredient that he cannot prepare this meal without before he starts cooking and throw it away. And then everybody think, play dumb. I think you need a pivot. I think you need, Hey, we looked to see if you had everything to make that. And we were, we didn't have tomatoes. Uh, so we already, we ordered Chinese and it'll be here in five minutes. There you go. We, we were going to tell you, but uh, you were, we didn't know where you were. Something like that. You only going to pull that off like once or twice though. That's true. That that doesn't have a very long shelf life in terms of how many times you can do that. What you could do is always have one of his favorite meals as the backup. 
like something that he can't deny, he can't resist, whether that's something that the wife makes or something that you guys order. Every time he's like, hey, I got dinner tonight, just give him something he absolutely cannot resist. So his favorite restaurant or his favorite home cooked meal every single time. I don't know how somebody is a bad cook and doesn't know it or doesn't care or can't taste it themselves. Can't I think I cook it. I think I cook well, but I know when I've made something that flops. Like when it's not when it didn't come out right, I know it. No one has to tell me. I can tell this is right. what makes me mad is I make food I make food that's good and involved, like takes me a while to make, and then my kids won't eat it. And it's not because it's bad. No, it's not because it's like, like poorly cooked food. Like chicken fingers. Like you want chicken fingers after I just put this together for three hours? Okay. Do you know how long it takes to make a risotto, children? <laughs> <laughs> you ingrates. There's a lot of stirring, a lot of watching. I don't know. It looks easy on Hell's Kitchen. They do it every episode. They get every yelled episode, at if they do it wrong once. There was one time the kids were the kid, my kids Whip love up a when I mess something up. That just cracks them up. Like there was one in the same week there had been where I had made a stir fry, which is super hit and miss for me. That should be easy. It seems like, but it, for some reason it's not. And the stir fry was like very okay at best. I, but I knew it. I wasn't like oblivious to this. And I'm like, it's edible. It's not like this is so bad. We can't eat it. It's like, this is just going right. to be not that great. We can eat it. And they come, they kind of like, you know, took shots at me playfully the whole time. And then like a couple nights later, they were at their friend's house who live, you know, behind us. Their ah. neighbors. And the mom made stir fry. And man, those kids could not shut up about how good that stir fry was when they got home. They wanted to make Ooh. sure I knew exactly how good Miss Vanessa's stir fry was. That kind of hits in the ribs a little bit. That's that's a little that's a little that's a little under the belt, girls. That's not cool. Yeah, that's how we play at our house, kind of. Now, do they give specific critiques too? Like, oh, well, (laughs) the salt level, like, oh, the extra bit of this. So that like, at least if nothing else, you're getting some like cues for the next time. No, there's no, there's no constructive criticism. There's no helpful feedback. No, they usually are like, oh, dad made dinner. Let's play food critic. Like, okay. Yeah. The other one's like, yeah, let's play food critic. This is terrible. Wow. (laughs) All right. That's hilarious. Hold on. Wait. I'm sorry. Do, do they do they bring it directly to you? Like do they come home and say like, "Hey, Dad, Miss Vanessa's stuff was good," or do they just kind of like, like walk past you? Like, geez, that was the greatest stir fry I've had all week. I've never had stir fry better than that this week. <laughs> it's both. It's both. They can't. It, it'd be the first thing I heard about when they got in, when they walked in the door was, "Dad, Miss Vanessa made what you made, and it was good." <laughs> That is so good. Recently, my uh, nine-year-old wanted to cook something together. And after all this arguing about, like, there's one dish that we make that's called farotto. It's an Italian dish. It's like risotto, but a different grain. And I like it, but I didn't really want to make it that night for whatever reason. And after all this debate, I finally gave in. I'm like, fine, we'll make it. And she likes to make it and eat it. And she neither helped make it nor ate it. After I spent wow. all this time arguing with her, then she didn't want to help make it because she was playing outside. That part I kind of understand. She's a kid. And then I put this on the table after all of this work that goes into it and going and buying the, the ingredients. You got to buy leeks for this. I don't just have leeks hanging around my yeah. house. I got to go to the yeah. 
grocery store and get that. And you're grating pecorino cheese and all this stuff. And I put this on a plate and it came out great. I actually nailed it. And she takes like one bite of it. And she's like, I don't really want to eat this tonight. Wow. That's when your patience as a parent has to like come. It has to, it has to kick in right there because me, I'd be like, look, kid, you know what? Go to your room. You don't eat anything. You don't eat anything today. You don't get, you don't get water, milk, no, go to your room. What? I don't believe in just like letting everything slide. Although that is like how parenting is done now. Um, <laughs> but I restrained myself. It took like the most epic restraint I had to just not say anything in the name of Ooh. peace, in the name of Ooh. like continuing to have it be a nice night for everyone. I did. My wife knew all the backstory of this. My wife was sitting next to me and all I did, and this is all I want in life pretty much is I just, I reached under the table and I grabbed my wife's leg and I squeezed it like as hard as I could <laughs> for about like two seconds. It's like, I just want to make sure someone else here knows. Somebody feels so me. I want to make sure someone else heard what just happened. And then I'm just going to let it go. And then I'm going to vent about it on my podcast. Dear Herbie, my husband's best friend's wife. Now, I think this is relatable. My husband's best friend's wife. So a spouse's very close friend, their wife is involved in this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Makes the time we spend together unbearable. We see them often and spend many holidays together. She is loud and dramatic, and she loves to be the center of attention. Also, if she doesn't get her way, she resorts to talking like a baby or making a scene. She constantly complains. My husband has been best friends with this man since they were kids. So this is a tough situation. This no. is very relatable, Herb. Like sometimes, you know, not exactly this, but like you have a friend that you love and have been, and are very good friends with, but then you're not you're that crazy about the spouse. And, you know, it's a package deal. They are a package deal. I do not have to accept the package. I don't have to. <laughs> well, we but can, I think we can it's like it. all or nothing. I think it's pretty no, much all or for, nothing. For, for the holidays, it's fine. It's nothing. It's pretty you hard don't to be come friends over. with someone if you don't like their spouse. Um, it changes the relationship for sure. Um, we'll just we'll we'll catch up and do whatever it is we like to do. So if we, if we're 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 my bowling friend, and we'll see you at bowling. But this this intermingling of our families is not going to work because I guarantee you that the husband's friend knows that their wife is insufferable. They know that too, right? So there's no, not like they, they aren't. No, they not like, there's no way they do. No, I totally disagree with you. Oh, not I only, think they do. Not, you're oh, saying I think it's, they do. it's so obvious there's no way he doesn't know. I'm saying the flat out opposite. There's no way he does know. There's no, no way he knows he has a massive blind spot on this. I don't think so. I think I think he's like sitting over like, oh, she's about to do it again. Oh, she's doing it again. Oh, she's doing it again. <laughs> like, I, like, no, okay. no, 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 well, no. Well, in that no. scenario, so then show. he's going to be very understanding of your position that I want to only hang out with you, but not you. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's like, listen, okay. if 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 my wife doesn't like your wife, then there's no real reason for us to breathe this intermingling family thing. You're my friend. I'm your friend cool when you see my wife she likes you you like her that's cool but we don't have to bring families together because nobody likes your wife um there's a movie out on netflix right now i just watched it today um uh bill burr uh who's one of my favorite comedians it's bill burr it's bokeem woodbine and another guy who i'm familiar with but i don't know his name 
called Old Dads. And yeah, I've seen this advertised on there. I have not watched it, but I know what you're talking about. It's pretty good. It's funny. But there's a part in it where Bill Burr's wife goes off on one of his best friend's wife and tell her she's a bad parent and she's shallow and she's this, that, and the third. And so then the wife that she went off on, she then forbids her husband to talk to Bill Burr. And they're best friends. So she's like, you can't talk to him at all. And so they go like okay. months without speaking. And then the next thing you know, you see there's a scene where the guy's in the bathroom, like in the dark with the candle, writing a, a, a handwritten letter to Bill Burr. Like, bro, I miss you, man. This is what's been going on. Please. Like, And his wife comes in the bathroom like, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. He burns in the candle and flushes it down the toilet. <laughs> all right. So you think they can just separate this? Okay. All right. I, th- I think so. I got one more for you. What we got? Dear Herbie, I have been with my man for seven years, and I keep asking him when we're getting married. He said he would, quote, someday. He said we would, quote, someday. Then COVID came along. Now he says he wants to wait until the pandemic is completely over. Mm. I love this man with all my heart. I have my wedding dress and shoes, but I'm tired of his excuses. I'm almost ready to say the heck with it and sell my shoes and dress. Should I? Yes. That man does not want to marry you. He does not intend to. He is going to wait until there is not a single positive COVID test on the planet um, before he's going to concede that the pandemic is, quote, over. Um, He doesn't want to marry you. And listen, if you can just come to accept that, then y'all could probably continue to live blissfully. You said you love him with everything in you. So clearly everything is fine, except for the fact that you want to be married. And for whatever reason, he does not. You either come to terms with that and live happily ever after unmarried, or you move on and find somebody who wants to marry you because that man has zero intention of marrying you. I would say uh, wanting to get married and the other person not wanting to get married is a pretty big sticking point. It's a little different than like arguing about which color hand towels you should get for the bathroom. It's pretty big. You're talking about y'all been together seven years and then he's before the pandemic, right? Before everybody's locked in the house <laughs> and forced to be alone with their right. spouse. He's like, yeah, so- yeah, we'll get married. And then he goes through this being stuck with you for a year, 18 months, 24 months. And then he's like, absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. So if this is, if this is seven years and it's 2023, and that means they had from 2016 to 2020 where there was we didn't even know about a pandemic. They had four yeah. years there where they just kind of didn't get married and there was no reason. And I would say four years is long enough to decide if you're going to marry somebody or not. Yeah, that's pretty doesn't reasonable. Guarantee, that's pretty reasonable. guarantee you're going to be right and it's going to work out. But that ought to be long enough to know whether you want to go for that or not. Um, sure. That's that's quite an idea. That's quite a uh, that's quite an answer of like, when are we going to get married? And the guy's like, no. No, not till there's no more pandemic. <laughs> When's full well, full well knowing around. this is going to be around forever, like <laughs> forever. This is the new flu, and he's like, like, till nobody has the flu, we aren't doing it. We are not like doing it. <laughs> you're you're either in like the category of people that never that like think it's a, a hoax to begin uh. with and doesn't believe in the pandemic somehow. Or you're in the category that most people are in where it's like, you know, I know my terminology is not going to be right, but anybody, most people would be like, the pandemic part of the pandemic is over. 
And now we're just right. kind of in the, this is right. like a normal part of life. Or you're in this third category of people that are like this guy who's saying the pandemic's never over. And I'll not, I know I don't feel right marrying you while there's still suffering in this world. Not until then. Meanwhile, he stopped wearing masks. He doesn't wash his hands 20 times a day anymore. He doesn't carry uh, hand right. sanitizer on right. his belt loop anymore. He's let go of all the other stuff that were associated with the pandemic. But yes, this married thing, we got to hold out on that. <laughs> the only lingering effect of the pandemic is not wanting to do this. Herb, let's do the news. Let's do it. This first item is actually uh, for you, Campy. You're our resident basketball expert. That is, mm. That's a great substitute right there for Tony Gill because Tony Gill is our basketball expert normally. And you are like, I think your job title might be basketball expert. More or pretty less. Much. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much what you do. If I was like, can't be, what do you do for a living? You'd be like basketball expert. And I would accept that. I'd be like, yeah, he is. That's what he does. It's facts. Can't be LeBron James rolled into Denver for the season opener. I flipped on that game and they were getting blown out by Denver. Is that how that ended? Yeah. It, okay. the score stayed a little closer than it probably entailed Denver had control of that. So LeBron walks in and uh, you know, great thing about the NBA is they always show what everybody's wearing. He is decked out completely in Louis Vuitton completely like shirt, pants, shoes, tote bag and suitcase. He had like a tote bag kind of slung around his neck and had like a, like a hard shell, small, suitcase in his other hand um the total price of what he walked into the arena wearing was twenty eight thousand dollars and that didn't even account for jewelry or i assume you know four hundred dollar socks that he was wearing or something the shirt was five grand the pants were one thousand two hundred fifty the shoes this is all from tmz they price checked all this for me uh, the shoes were $1,220 odd price. When you're spending that much for shoes, I would think it would come into like a, a solid yeah. hundreds. Yeah. 1220 the tote bag. Tote bag was 11 grand, which I'll tell you right now is more than I paid for my car. And Ooh. the briefcase was 9,500, which now that I'm thinking about it. Actually, that's also more than I paid for my car. A question that I have off of this. Sure. When it's these brands, is everything made custom? Is that part of it? Or is there actually like Louis Vuitton five grand shirt off the rack? Because if it's five grand oh, off the off the rack, that's wild. You're picturing so like they walking definitely into a have TJ that Maxx stuff. type store, huh? <laughs> yeah, clearly this is not my mm -hmm. uh this is not my my forte in terms of you know clothes. Because for me, the, the what I feel special when I'm able to find a new shirt from the Shack collection. At, at the big and tall section at JC Penney's. <laughs> That's when I'm the like, oh, collection? it's, it's actually legit. As in like Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Yeah. He has a clothes, a big and tall clothesline of like wow. suits, button downs, uh, you know, just like everything down to t-shirts and they're actually, it's actually legitimately like decent looking stuff. I've never no, heard legit. of the they Shaq collection at JC Penney. That's interesting. No, so they definitely have that kind of they definitely have that kind of merch. I mean, I'm sure LeBron can get some stuff custom made if he desires, but they do have stuff that's five thousand dollars. And it's like 
that is crazy. Like part of me wants to say it must be nice, but then part of me knows for sure that I would never like like easy for me to say when I don't have LeBron James's money, but I'm pretty sure that if I did have LeBron James's money, I would not spend it on five thousand dollar shirts. But if you're a billionaire, isn't a five thousand dollar shirt probably like you spending five bucks on a shirt? If they even yeah, have to buy it at all. That's true, but it's it's the principle. I no, I'm not doing it. LeBron, I I have really I'm really like becoming more of a LeBron James fan now. At the, like the least popular time to do it. And probably right. like the least I don't know what the word would be like lucrative time to do it because this is the right. end. He's kind of like yeah. winding down and he may, the winding down for him might take 5 years. I don't know. But I kind of like I'm kind of like, uh, I wouldn't say identifying with necessarily because it'd be crazy for me to think I identify with him in any way. But him and I are like the same age. And I kind of am, am really impressed by seeing this 39-year-old guy with a bald spot going out there and running like this. <laughs> it's inspirational. It's inspirational. You too yes. could be LeBron James, Jason. Herb, do you remember when Skip Bayless was over at ESPN? I do. First take. Jalen Rose also was over there. Is Jalen Rose still on ESPN? Absolutely. Can't be. He is not. No. Absolutely. He was caught he up in not. that round of firings, that round of layoffs they did a couple months ago. He was yeah. in one, he was one of those. Okay. So they're both out of ESPN now. Uh as is Jay Crawford, the former ESPN anchor. He was on the awful announcing podcast and revealed on their that Jalen Rose was banned from first take at, at a certain point for mocking Skip Bayless and his 1.4 points per game average in high school. <laughs> now, as as someone who is not a uh, dedicated first take watcher, is first take still a show? Yes. I don't is. know. I'm not trying to be, like, mocking that. Oh, sadly wow. it is. Wildly successful. So you can mock it and say sadly all you want, like I would, but uh, it's still on. Um, Jalen, in that exchange, which I never heard about, I think this was several years ago, uh, called Skip Water Pistol Pete. <laughs> That's fantastic. So I didn't know about this that story. Is so good. So maybe, maybe some maybe some of you have heard this before, but um, I think the revelation from Jay Crawford was that Jalen had actually been banned over this. But I went back and found the YouTube clip where Jalen and Skip got into it and Jalen started going in on Skip during an argument about something basketball related about how he didn't really play in high school and he wasn't really even good. And Skip had kind of positioned himself as like having been a high school basketball star. And this is an absolutely amazing story of pettiness that will surprise no one. After Jalen Rose debunks skips exaggerated stories of high school basketball glory which is like totally irrelevant anyway jay crawford said that skip insisted on starting the next day's show with an uninterrupted monologue to explain why it, he only averaged 1.4 points per game in his senior year of high school and the reason and jay i don't know if this ever actually happened that, that oh. what i was reading kind of indicated that maybe it did that maybe skip did start the next day's show this way but when when the producer had told jay crawford the anchor that this is what skip wanted to do 
Jay, this is Jay Crawford's retelling. Jay Crawford says, what? No, we're not starting our national sports debate show with that. We're not doing that on the show. No. And the producer told him, well, we're not sure if Skip will come on the show if we don't let him do it tomorrow. We don't know if Skip will come and do his job unless we agree to this. The reason, by the way, this is just like gets better and better. The reason that Skip Bayless gave for why he only averaged 1.4 points per game as a senior in high school was oh. that the coach gave preferential treatment to his son. Mm. And the coach did not see what a great shooting guard Skip Bayless was. Mm. And was committing him to play point guard, which is kind of the genesis of Jalen Rose's Water Pistol Pete joke. Water Pistol Pete is one of the funniest like jokes I've ever heard. That's hilarious. But like Skip Bayless absolutely seems like one of those guys who would take something like that so deeply to heart that he would actually not come to work the next day and he would insist that Jalen Rose can never, ever come there because I, too, was a great high school basketball player. Sir, no, you weren't. Jalen Rose was a great high school basketball player. You know how we know this? Because he was one of the top rated high school basketball players in the country, mm -hmm. one of the highest rated recruits. He went on to start at Michigan for one of the most uh, historic teams in the history of college basketball. Like, sir, knock it off. And your, your, your Napoleon complex, like, which has nothing to do with his size, but with his meager accomplishments of, of, of athletics has now led you down this road to where you we have to start our nationally syndicated sports show with something that has nothing to do with national sports or any sports really like knock it off sir that is crazy like super crazy but not surprising at all just seeing how he moves but some guys use that type of childhood failure or inadequacy and it pushes them to the heights of their of their field and i think that's what he does i mean he's He's still in shape. He's like 85. He goes to the gym every day. Knock it off. Like, what are you trying to prove? Skip Bayless is 71, uh, Campy. And, like, I think everyone pretty much, it's a pretty universal experience to have played on a youth sports team and the coach's kid was on the team and got preferential treatment. Mm -hmm. I, the part I'm hung up on is, like, still telling that story angrily at 71 <laughs> like not being over it by 71 that that's crazy it's interesting what tv does to people because like I've, I've talked to people that worked with him when he was like a, a more of a capital j journalist mm -hmm. and he was like there was a time where he was good at that job yeah and then it was yeah. almost like he got on TV, saw his face in there, and became the caricature of the worst parts of his personality. And now it's like hearing stuff like that. It's like, gee, I wonder why he can't, you know, keep someone to work with him. And they have to keep shuffling people through because it's either they're done with it or his inadequacies won't let it happen. In his mind, yeah. he's still the best two guard in his high school. Like that's how he that's how he wakes up every morning. Like I am a great two guard and I am putting up shots today and they're all going in. He's Uncle Rico without the accomplishments in high school. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and at and at 71 years old. Like what what's more petty? Like hanging on to that or banning Jalen Rose from your show because of this? It's all the same. Herb, I have a great story of theft for you. All right. This is from the Associated Press. And uh, also some reporting from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Four men in Philadelphia are alleged to have gone on a robbery spree that included hmm. the U.S. Mint. 
in Philadelphia. Wow. And they make the money where they literally make it. Uh, they are charged with stealing two million dimes. which is $200,000, about 10,000 pounds worth of dimes. So a truck driver for the Mint was going from Philly to Miami, I guess transporting currency, and pulled into a parking lot to sleep. And I'm going to say, like, that's problem number one. Maybe, you know, I understand that truck drivers do that. I have a a, a friend that drives, um, I don't know what the word for it is, but he drives those trucks that carry cars, uh, like Mm -hmm. an auto transporter. And he's always telling me about, you know, finding a place in Utah to pull into a parking lot and sleep and whatever. I don't think we should be doing that with the U.S. currency. I don't think the mint should be doing that. Anyway, so this guy pulls into a parking lot. He, he picked this up in Philly and I, he must have picked it up late because that's where this happened. He pulled off into a parking lot in Philly to sleep for the night. And wow. surveillance video shows these four people or four people, not necessarily these four people. This is still alleged at this point loading dimes out of the back of the truck into smaller bags literal dime bags you might literal say. dime bags <laughs> yeah that wasn't on my script well i came up with that just right now well done well done jason and throwing it in a truck and my favorite part of this is that was one piece of evidence of how they got caught but one of the other ones was that they like what do you do with ten thousand pounds worth of dimes what do you do with literal literally two million dimes which again is only worth $200,000. And I would happily accept a gift of $200,000 or a check of $200,000. But I don't know that I want to risk time in federal prison over $200,000. They were converting these at coin machines in Maryland. That's what I was about to say. Like, <laughs> like, what do you do? You just go into the grocery store and go up to the coin machine and just start dumping out these damn bags into the thing. You have to have on a ski mask because once they come through and check the dump, like you're going to jail. Like, what's wrong with you? I mean, are you rolling in like a like one of those garbage drums full of dimes? What are and, you doing? Like, there's there's some lady, there's some like old lady that's got a soup can full of various coins, and you're like, I'm gonna be here for a little bit. I mean, and you can't put this. And be like, where where'd you get that giant uh, duffel bag? Full of dimes. You know, like, I just really like dimes. I just save all my dimes. Just struggling to carry it in there, just dragging it into the grocery store. And what kind of car did you put this in? Because I, I imagine you're like messing up the suspension and the shocks. Like that's a lot of weight to just throw in a trunk of a car. This has to be like a pickup truck or something. Like what? You, this, this is, see, this is, you're not thinking this through. You, just, you haven't thought this through. Like, I don't know if y'all were just following the truck and it's like, oh, we got it. And you opened it and found out there were dime bags. And then you just kind of had to see it through, but you didn't. You didn't think this through. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, roll up to like Mercedes Benz with like a bunch of bags of dimes? Like, mm-hmm. like, like I like that. I like that new Benz over there. I want that G wagon. How many of these sacks of dimes does it take? <laughs> and and if you and it, let's just say it's not this cartoonish like dragging in a wheelbarrow full of dimes into Piggly Wiggly to use at the coin store. Let's just say you're trying to be sly about it. I mean, how many trips are you having to make? to do that if you've got this just in like a regular you know quart size ziploc bag i mean are you're going to be going into the grocery store like five times a day like you don't think anyone's going to notice are you wearing like a different different are you like going home and changing outfits like if you're really doing this sophisticatedly you're still going to drive across the country flagrantly (laughs) obvious and like every day you're going to cash in like what like 80 bucks 
Yeah. yeah you're going to cash in your gas money. That's it. That's it. You just drive across the country, cash in your gas money to drive to another city and do this again. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's 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 not smart. Come on, Phil. Do better. Finally, Herb, uh, I, I think you know this about me. I enjoy stories about failed animal sm- smuggling. I, yes. I do not like animal smuggling itself, but I I like the weird ways in which people hide these things, these animals, usually involves putting it in your pants and trying to get it through the airport. And the also the audacity of thinking you'll get away with this. Like that TSA isn't going to notice you're wearing a hoodie, but inside are 50 chinchillas crawling around <laughs> each other. They won't notice that your hoodie is like rippling and squeaking. This is a story from the Associated Press and WMAZ, a TV station in Georgia, about a guy named Stephen Baker. And you would think that doing two years in federal prison would be enough to deter you from smuggling turtles a second time. What? But it was not. Stephen Baker did time for turtle smuggling, uh, I think, in 2018. Yeah, in 2018. And has been caught again. And I'm thinking, like, this guy's, like, about my age. This guy's, like, early 40s. And I'm thinking, let's see, if I'm in federal prison for smuggling turtles. Let's just start with that as our premise. In federal prison for smuggling turtles. I feel like every day I would wake up so full of regret. Yes. I would say, what was I thinking? All of this. All, like, take five seconds and imagine everything that happens in a federal prison. And I, this was over turtle smuggling. This was so stupid. Why would I have done this? But there's another way you could go. And I'm not saying this is what Stephen Baker was thinking. But, you know, if you did go to federal prison for getting caught for a crime, you might instead spend your time thinking about how you might get away with it in the future. Like, tracing back your steps and saying, this is where I went wrong in the turtle smuggling. And when I get out. When I get out, I'm getting right back into the game. I'm getting right back into turtle smuggling. I I know where I went wrong. I'm going to be on this now. Uh, He was arrested in Georgia on 15 felony counts for the poor treatment of 15 turtles that he was not licensed to have. 11 albino red-eared sliders. One brown red-eared slider. Two pink belly side necks. Those are very valuable. Mm-hmm. I don't actually, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's true. I don't mm-hmm. know. And one Chinese golden thread, which apparently is the name of a turtle. I didn't, I, I wouldn't a know Chinese that a Chinese golden, golden thread. thread. Yeah, it doesn't have turtle in the title. It just says a Chinese golden thread. Uh, this story, I'm not done because it's, oh. it's even, it's even a little bit better. Um, it gets gooder. Stor- He's from South Carolina. This was all found out in Georgia where his mom lives because he was storing them in a basin at his mom's house and local police found this like next to the trash because they had been called Stephen Baker might've gotten away with this except for that mangy dog. There was this, uh, they, the police were called about an abandoned dog or a stray dog. And so they came out to check it out and found his stash of illegal turtles at his mom's house. And when they asked Stephen Baker's mom about this, she said, yeah, I've been trying to get him to come get these things for two months, and he won't. <sighs> and just a couple of years ago, my dad was cleaning out his basement, 
and told me if I didn't get my old baseball cards and like little league trophies out of here, he was just going to throw them away. But Stephen Baker's mom was like harboring illegal turtles for him, trying to get him to come pick these things up. Like, come on, you're 43. You got your own house. Take care of your own illegal turtles. You've Don't made your mom an accomplice to a federal crime now. Your mom knows yeah. you did two years for this turtle smuggling thing before. And then you come out and do it again. I get what you're saying about the two possible options for why you're sitting in there and what you're thinking about. But the latter option in terms of I'm going to get better at this, that's for if I'm in the feds for like a diamond heist or something like that. Like, oh, I know what happened. I'm going here's back to another one. Steal. but Here's how I'm going to cool. steal the Mona Lisa. Yeah. Right. That 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 works for you on and like that's you know and like heat and and you know Robert De Niro and stuff like that. Cool, yeah. no problem. But you're, you're talking prison, about you got busted for stealing this diamond and you're concocting this entire Ocean's Eleven scenario. Are you gonna get an even bigger diamond next time? As soon as I get out of here, man, I'm calling Brad Pitt and George Clooney. Uh, but this guy's gonna get like, this thing done. You know how they turtles. caught me with them turtles last time? Here's what I'm gonna do now. I'm gonna hide them at my mom's house. Had him at my mom's house. I love the voice you give him because I didn't want to do it, but I'm glad you did it. Um, (laughs) Listen, if I were him, I would hate every. I would hate Ninja Turtles. I would hate chocolate covered turtles. Like, like like I would hate the Maryland Terrapins. Like, like I don't want nothing to do with a turtle. Like you come right back out for turtles. This is the whole reason I was in the pen. Yeah. Can we confirm or? Oh, like I, either way, that Stephen Baker is the I like turtles kid. I like I don't turtles. know what that is. What is that? Is that you a don't YouTube know No, I don't know what yeah. it is. I'll, I'll send it to you. It's this kid who was what, probably like eight to ten, probably like yeah. eight at the time, and he had his face painted at some fair or something. And they asked, uh, news reporter asked him, I don't even remember what the question was about, but it wasn't about turtles. And his answer to the question was, I like turtles. <laughs> that monotone. And it's, it's got to be in the Internet Meme Hall of Fame. Wow. No doubt. I'm going to have to look that up. So, I like uh, turtles. Stephen Baker has now been caught <laughs> two times for trying to smuggle turtles. And I'm sure if he did two years for the last one, he's going back. It's going to, again, be over those rascally turtles. He was caught this time because they, just bad luck, they found him at his mom's house on a call about a stray dog. The time when he got caught before, he was caught for trying to ship them. And he was shipping them. Okay. The mail, a lot of times when you ship stuff, it goes through an airport. So the, the TSA agents at JFK caught this. He was putting the turtles in socks, and then he was putting them in a box that had candy and ramen noodles, and labeling the box... This is what he thought would work. Labeling it snacks. <laughs> Turtle snacks. <laughs> hey, this come on, man. You can't make this stuff up. Like you talked about earlier, like like writing these stories and coming up with you can't, nobody's that creative. Like there, you can't make up stuff that is more wild than the stuff humans actually do. And then you got busted, not even by like an anti-smuggling dog. You just got busted by a stray dog, like just a random stray yeah. dog. Yep, you got caught by police that weren't even on your trail. They just that is. happened to found your bucket of turtles at your mom's house and be like, "This looks weird." Right, and your mom flipped like quicker yeah. than anybody that we see nowadays. Oh. I don't know. I don't. It can't be. I don't look like it that she flipped. I don't look like that. I don't look at it like she turned on him. 
I look at it like she was had enough of these turtles. Like you left these turtles here. He probably didn't tell her he was leaving them until after he was already out of town. She'd been trying to get him to get this crap out of her house. Finally, somebody came to help with that. The police. She, she had enough of little Stevie. He's been doing this crap his whole life. Like he's, mm-hmm. she's been sick of <laughs> Maybe. him. Okay. She has Maybe. been sick of him. Herb, if I asked you to hold something for me because I was worried about the law catching up with me, mm-hmm. I don't think in your top 50 guesses you would say illegal turtles. <laughs> I would not. I would not think that for one second. I also would not ask because I want to maintain some plausible deniability. I would just say, <laughs> you know where my you know what my car looks like out there, and let's not ever talk about this again. But I still would not think that it were turtles. Oh, I'll give you a shoebox of turtles or I'll give you a shoe. You won't know what it is. I'll give you this shoebox and I'll say, look, I I need you to hold this for me. I don't know for how long, but every week I want you to slice up some apple and and carrots (laughs) and put it in there. But don't look and maybe some grass. I don't know what they do. And a little tray of water. Oh my God! No questions asked. All right, we're friends, right? Yep. Just don't stick your finger in there at all. Just don't, don't stick your finger in there. No. Don't pack Snapping around. Don't, don't poke around at it. Uh, don't let children near it. But it'll be fine. And don't mind the but smell. It'll be fine. <sighs> That's the news. Sports adjacent is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to our link, sheetsgiggles.com/sa, and get twenty three percent off everything, including their new pillow. And I cannot stress this enough. I always try to tell you guys this time of year, like it is very, very stressful to be trying to get a gift for Christmas or birthday or something like that last minute. It's October. You could buy this today for somebody. And A, it's a great gift. B, you get a great discount on it. And C, you don't have to think about it anymore. You wouldn't have to think. You'll be getting up to like, you know, it's December 15th and you're like, oh, what did I get my brother for Christmas? Like, oh yeah, I took care of that. Thanks, past me. You did it. Thanks, Just go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA and get 23% off everything. Sports Jason is also brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to betmgm.com or download the BetMGM app and get this offer. Your first bet with BetMGM gets paid back in free future betting credits up to $1,500. So you can bet whatever amount you want. Maybe you're feeling crazy. Maybe you got Bajent fever and you want to bet up to $1,500. That's right. <laughs> On the Bears. The last I saw, I think we're a nine-point underdog at the Chargers. And if it doesn't, if on the complete shocking chance that that bet doesn't work out for you, They'll give you free future betting credits in that amount to give it another whirl. Just use our promo code adjacent1000 over at BetMGM. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Rick Camp, you are doing great, man. You are doing an excellent job filling in here. Thank you. Thank you. It's fun to get to be back uh, filling Tony's shoes for a while. You're filling his shoes as a producer, as a basketball expert, as just a good general contributor i hope you're having fun i hope you're enjoying it absolutely you're not just doing this for the paycheck i hope no no (laughs) if i wasn't very disappointed it's going to yeah (laughs) if i wasn't enjoying it i would come up with an excuse i would i would start a you know smuggling turtles having some sort of (laughs) 
you know, ring there to, and you know, don't go down that path, buddy. I don't no? want to see you. No, I don't want to see that happen to you. Herb, I love having you here as always. Thank you for filling in for Russ, or as uh, Tony calls him when he's doing baseball work, Ross Dursey. It's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thoroughly enjoyed hanging out with y'all, talking about the wonderful things that happen in the world of humans. I know that you are headed out to Los Angeles this weekend for Bears Chargers for yes. the bigs. Um. I know that one of your plans is to not get locked in the stadium. What else are you going to do in L.A.? I don't really have much plan. A good buddy of mine actually lives out there, and I'll hit him up to try and link up, but he's actually uh, coming back home, bringing his kid uh, home for Halloween. So I don't have much plan. I'm just going to chill out. I'll get there late Saturday night, probably get up, have some breakfast or something, probably go to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, and then I'll go to the stadium, do the game. It'll be late when we leave there. I'll go home, get some sleep, and – Get up out of there on Monday morning. The Rams, when the Rams were playing at the Coliseum, they were serving Roscoe's at halftime. Oh, sweet. Yeah. The Bears have fixed that problem, actually, they of have. their press box they food. Have. That is fixed. That's officially fixed. It used to be, like, worse than any school cafeteria by far. Now that I'm thinking back to, like, school cafeteria in high school, and grade school, like that was way better food than what we've been eating at Soldier Field for the last few years. But that they has been like fixed. the sheet, the sheet pizza that was like yeah. cut into brick oh, shapes. Yeah. yeah. Chicken patty was my main thing. Chicken patty, the yeah. fried, the breaded chicken sandwich. Uh, but Kevin Warren, the new president, uh, they hired him to build a stadium, a massive $2 billion, beautiful stadium. And that's on his to do list. But first, he checked off, fixed the food at Soldier Field. That has been accomplished. Well, we might have to find something to do out there, Herb. We might have to find some trouble since uh, we'll both be out there and you have no plans. All right. You know I'm down. We'll be back next week. See you guys then. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother...